Next on BYU Sports Nation, Pepperdine fires Marty Wilson. Are the Cougars walking into a trap in Malibu tomorrow night? Jeff Judkins and former Cougar Trim play stint stop by Studio B to break down BYU hoops. Can the men and women's teams go 2-0 and against the Waves? And Heath Troyer loves Nickelback? And Riley Nelson actually did hit Cody Hoppin over the middle in 2012 at Notre Dame. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your host, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, February 14th. Get your wife some roses. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is getting an early start on the holiday as he makes his way to Malibu As he leaves today. his family. As he leaves his family. <laughs> so I'm teamed up with a man who can still name his best friend from fifth grade. You better believe I can. Lauli Tofa. Nice. Yes. That's great. Yeah, and by the way, if we could have someone quickly Insta-clip that, get it to me, and then I'm going to send it to uh, Lauli and let him know that I just mentioned his name on national television. That'd be awesome. Please and thank you. Now, yesterday we had an interesting situation. Talon Alfrey, a uh, signee from the Seattle area mm-hmm. in football, we talked to him. And then Between the Lines had McKay Cannon on. We come to find out that both of their mothers were best friends since, <laughs> have been best friends since fifth grade. Like that. What? The, the odds of that happening. Are pretty that, high because it's BYU. Well, oh. but still astronomical. <laughs> Two friends, in Crazy. best friends since fifth grade. And both sons just happened to be on the same television show on the same day. Qui-Gon Jinn taught me that there's no coincidences. <laughs> And there are many things to discuss on this day, including Nickelback. What does that even mean? Let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Let's talk about what's trending. Let's talk about what's trending. And last night, if you watched the Olympics, Sean White won his third gold medal. And this was awesome because he's like the face of the Winter Olympics, right? In the half pipe, put up a 97.75 on his final run, vaulting him into the gold medal position. Okay, so let's turn this into BYU. What's the best BYU sports clutch performance on a big stage ever? All right, first and foremost, congratulations to Sean White. Unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, there, there were three, and, and I guess you have to determine for yourself what you consider a big stage. I came up with, with three options for me. I went with the Miracle Bowl. Jim McMahon, Clay Brown. I mean, it's, it's a bowl game, last play. Yes. Like, that's, that's huge. Two ranked teams, I believe. Yes. Jimmer, 43 versus San Diego State. In the greatest game ever played in the Merritt Center. It, and it was nationally televised. Kind that, of. CBS Sports Network. But it was still nationally televised, it, kind it, of. Uh, yes, it was. Don't, do not rain on my parade, okay? So that, that one. And then this one, just because it's the rivalry game, I consider that the big stage. Back to Harleen. It's, yes, it's, I yes. mean, that's, that was, you Pretty talk about one. a clutch performance, final play in the rivalry game yes. at their place. Th- those are kind of the three that I go with. The one that means the most to me, back to Harleen. Yeah, that was a big stage in that it's BYU-Utah. It was four in a row for Utah at the time. And final game of the We thought four yeah. was a bad number. Yeah, it's worse now. Uh, to <laughs> me, the uh, best BYU sports clutch performance on a big stage is Robbie Bosco in the uh, Holiday Bowl 1984 against Michigan. BYU needs to win that game to win the national championship. He hurts his knee. He, he plays injured. He comes goes into the locker room. Our homie Blaine Fowler steps in for several drives. 
Robbie Bosco comes out and finishes the deal. That, to me, is the most clutch performance on the biggest stage BYU's ever played in. Ever played in. Yeah, playing for a national championship, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Nope. All right. Pepperdine Basketball announces that they will part ways with head coach Marty Wilson at the (gasps) end of the season. What effect will that have on tomorrow night's game? It's hard enough to beat Pepperdine at Pepperdine for BYU. They've lost four in a row. Uh, BYU experienced a similar situation in 2015 as uh, Gary Pinkle announced that he was going to retire at the end of the season mm-hmm. for Missouri when BYU was playing in Kansas City. Arrowhead. Missouri rallied and won that game, maybe because of a little more oomph due to that. I, I think that uh, BYU's got to be uh, alert and prepared that there could be a little more juice in the tank for Pepperdine, playing for Marty Wilson, who will coach through the end of the season. Well, and it, it, this was an interesting... When this happened, that's where everybody goes. Okay, well, what effect is this going to have? And it was interesting because yesterday at the BYU basketball media availability, Coach Rose was asked what effect he thinks that will have on And he said, I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Because you, you, obviously you have two sides of this. It can either rally everybody around him... Or the guys can say, okay, well, this isn't our coach and not buy in. Now, by no right. means do I think that they're you know, going to dog it for but Coach Wilson. And they're 4-22. and 22. Yes. They've really struggled this th- year. Th- but you just don't know. I find it hard to believe that BYU will either win or lose because Marty Wilson announced that he's no longer going to be the coach effective in two and a half but it weeks. But it could impact the game. It, it's, it could, but... I mean, I, I, I think if BYU comes out and plays like they are capable of playing, it's not going to matter whether or not Pepperdine's players are, are amped up because they right. want to play for their coach. Right. The NCAA denied Notre Dame's appeal of academic fraud, forcing the Irish to vacate all football wins in 2012 and 13. Did BYU football just not lose to Notre Dame twice? <laughs> they as, did. As opposed to winning. Yeah, BYU didn't win. Like, here's the deal. BYU did not win those games. It's not, you can't like chalk up, you know, put a little W there. But you didn't lose them. But you didn't lose. You did well, not lose technically them. Technically, no, but we're going to celebrate it with Riley Nelson coming up uh, later in the show. In fact, Riley Nelson did find Cody Hoffman over the middle, I guess, on fourth down. No, he didn't. Touchdown. It never happened. <laughs> that game. You don't have to stress about that game. I was, I, I was, was at that game. I was at that game. I was in the stadium watching that. And. All of the concern that, that fans have had since that game with that specific play, let it go. It's gone. It's gone. You See don't even have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Although, uh, let it go. It's like, it's gone. Yeah, I, the NCA, will forget, right? <laughs> but, but I'm going to remember. Yeah, we're gonna, it didn't we're happen. Gonna, we're going to talk to Riley Nelson later. A report yesterday says attendance at college football games down by 1,409 people a game from last season. Yeah. Is this a cause for concern? I don't think so. I, does it even matter how many people are in the stands if there's a difference of 1,400? Like, it's all about TV. It's all about the TV money, right? Obviously, the players and the coaches and the in-game experience is important. But let's be honest. What is, what is uh, sports about? Competition. It's about money. It, it, it's about money. So as long as BYU can profit from ESPN – uh, you know, and and get the exposure and access that they want through ESPN and BYU TV. Everything's good. Like BYU's, uh, you know, down last year partly because BYU uh, wasn't good and the games weren't that compelling. Later on, that combination didn't help. Guess what? That's still more than sold out Utah every week. Like it's that's fine. Look, I, it it's not of concern to me at all, and it's not just college football. 
NFL numbers are down. All of sports, for the most part, are down in terms of attendance. And why is that? Because I can watch on my phone. Because you can watch it on your phone. You can watch it at home. You know, in the case of BYU, you got a lot of late games that people are choosing. You know what? Yeah, those are tough. I got 9 a.m. church. I watch it at home. You just go to the 11 a.m. ward. (laughs) It's not not how that's (laughs) supposed to work. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, the, the product that you can watch at home in crystal clear HD and now 4K and all that good stuff, it is a pe- it's appealing enough that people are saying, yeah, I can just watch this at home, go to the fridge, grab stuff. Concern for college football, no. This is not going to put a dent in college football. Sports in general are in a very good place because of the TV deals that they all have. It's not going away. It's not of concern. And it's 2,000 people. It wasn't 20,000 people. It's calmed down. <laughs> I love that there's an exactly 1,409 people down. I love that. That, that yeah. number is exact. The worth of souls in the stadium is great. <laughs> Do you realize, though, that we've talked about college football the last two topics? Yeah. You know That's what that thing. also means? What? Why don't we talk about college football further, including the countdown? Hit it. Countdown to the Wildcats. 199. We didn't do 200 yesterday. We missed that. We missed it. We missed a golden opportunity yeah. to go with the nice round number of well, You were on the show, so suddenly we're like, oh, the countdown. Uh. 199. That is nice. Are you out of your mind? Okay. <laughs> Speaking of, okay. This one's weird. Last night on BYU Basketball, Dave Rose, Heath Schroyer was asked what his favorite bands are. Here is his response. I grew up with a Guns N' Roses fan, and I'm probably Nickelback. Okay. Excuse me. Does Heath Schroyer liking Nickelback make you question his no. judgment? Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let... That was a sincere answer. <laughs> I am going to let the, the fans, the... The uh, viewers, the listeners, a little peek behind the curtain. Because we were going to discuss this today, you, me, our producer Ben Bagley, we were playing Nickelback in our pre-production meeting. To see if it was as bad as we thought. No, 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 no. Every single one of us knew the words. We're singing along. I was not singing along. Don't you dare say that you were not singing along. I was not singing along. Don't you Don't you dare. There's no proof either way. <laughs> Look, here's the deal. Nickelback has sold, and I am not a Nickelback apologist, but yeah, I like some Nickelback songs. There's nothing wrong with that. Coach, I've got your back. I, I just want to say, back. I just want to say that this is Jason projecting that neither Jeremy and I were singing or knew Stop the words. It. This is just Jason projecting. Look, here's just the deal. like the countdown. Look, here's the deal. Nickelback has sold more than 50 million albums worldwide, okay? And get this. They rank as the 11th best-selling music act and the second best-selling foreign act in the United States in the 2000s behind the Beatles. 50 million albums. That's a lot of duped people. That is, you cannot take on a band like that when they sold on 50 million. Enough people like them that they've got a following, okay? Coach, I've got your back. I don't question Heathrow's basketball judgment, but I question his musical judgment a ton now. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Heath, Heath, Heath. Nickelback is playing at the Hard Rock during the West Coast Conference Tournament. Are we doing this? Are we going on Friday, March 2nd to see Nickelback at the Hard Rock? (laughs) I will go with Heath. But Heath probably makes more than I do, so you're paying. But I'll go with you. 
I am, How do you feel about this? Well, first of all, I'm I'm disappointed that I'm not going to be down there because I would you like to hold down the fort. I man. would like to attend said concert. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, here's the deal. Uh, that, look, I am not going to like trumpet the uh, the you know the horn for Nickelback, but I like it some of their. Like you are. I like some of their songs. You've gone it is pretty in, hard on this. It is Jason. in vogue to rip Nickelback. They've sold fifty million albums. There's, There's a, a lot of people that like them. Okay. All right. All right. Creed or Nickelback? Go. Creed. <laughs> they haven't been shamed on the internet like All Nickelback. Right. All right. Finally, it is Valentine's Day. If you're just finding that out right now, you're probably in trouble. Is it okay to wear red today? I think the context is everything, right? Um, if you're out at dinner with your wife and she loves the color red or something, mm-hmm. yes. But I think just generally speaking, what if you're being introduced as the head coach of the BYU football team? (laughs) What if the wife of the coach (laughs) wears red? Uh, I would say no, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. As a BYU fan, you just can't wear red. You just can't do it. Pink's okay today. Pink is fine. Pink Pink is is fine. Red is not. Our question of the day. What would would your Valentine's Day card to BYU Sports say? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At the love help guy. Who's this guy? He comes in on Valentine's Day? Dear BYU Sports, do we have some music for this? You make me feel so alive and also so dead. You give me just enough hope and encouragement that I can never truly move on. I will always love you, even when times are bad. You'll have my loyalty and love forever. Okay, I lo- that, why, that was why? not bad. The music why? added to The music that. does. Join in using hashtag BYUSN. We will read your tweets. You can send stuff in on Instagram as well. Uh, throughout the show, that was, it's like we're getting like a bunch of uh, uh, like love poems for BYU sports. It's, people incredible. are taking this very seriously, and I appreciate. They're not that. doing it about Nickelback. a very serious day. That, Coming up, we celebrate the Notre Dame victories. <laughs> well, at least the not losses. And we're jamming with Juddy. There he is. Does he have a two-headed monster in the backcourt now? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's Hoops is in Malibu tomorrow night to face Pepperdine at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Catch the game on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Radio pregame starts at 9 Eastern. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio, all sponsored by Nickelback. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Our question of the day, what would your Valentine's Day card to BYU Sports say? At USU Coog 11. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. From number one wins to embarrassing losses, I will continue to stand with you. Aww. Thank you. That is sweet. That is, yeah, that's, that's super sweet. Uh, no sugar needed on that. Use hashtag BYUSN. Send in uh, your responses. Now joining us. Speaking uh, of sweet. Speaking of sweet. Speaking of love. He's a lovely man. His name's Jeff Judkins. He played in the NBA, and he's the women's basketball coach at Brigham. What's up, Jeff? Uh, just another day, but it's, of course, a special day. You need to take care of your your sweetheart. Are you, are you are you prepared for Valentine's Day? Like, if, um, I've got to not want to divulge any of this. Idea that you may not have purchased something. I've, I've kind of got a pretty good excuse. My wife understands that basketball is really important to me right but now. It's your first but love I right still, now. But I, <laughs> it's my first love. <laughs> Sorry, honey. No, I love basketball before no, I knew you. No, she understands. She's been around it for almost 40 years. And basketball interferes with Valentine's. and But I do have something small for her, but, you know, something I'll, that I'll give to her tonight. 
No, it's a home game. I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even play till tomorrow night. You're good. I know, but it's called preparation. <laughs> Watching film and oh, it never stops. Aaron never stops. Yeah, absolutely. So you have four games left in the regular season. You benefit from three in a row at home. Uh, Pepperdine, San Diego. These were two games that were really close uh, on the road. What's this week like in terms of preparation for two tough games again in the league? Well, you know, the the league is a funny league, how it goes during the season. And how you play teams and where you play them at certain times, I know it doesn't sound like a big deal to the fans, but it does. It's like right now, would you want to play the Utah Jazz right now? No. But but a month ago, you'd have loved to play the Utah Jazz. Okay? And teams get hot. And um, there's a lot of reasons what causes it. But the main thing is you shoot the ball better is what the biggest – I hear all these guys in the radio saying the Jazz got – hey, the Jazz are shooting the ball better. That's why they're winning. Okay, that's the answer. So when you call, call in. But, um, <laughs> but for us, we played Pepperdine early at Pepperdine, and they were, they were two and two. They won two, two games in a row, which they haven't done in probably five to six years. And so they had a lot of confidence. And so – and now they're starting to play better. They went to that middle part where they just kind of didn't play as well. And now they're starting to – they beat LMU by about 13 or something, and they were dominating the whole game. So <clears throat> it changes. And so that's kind of what happened. The same with San Diego. San Diego played us at a good time there. Then they went through their slump. Now they're back playing a lot better. And so that's how it works. But we're excited. I think we – we know if we come out and play our game, we can beat anybody, and we just have to come out and, and do a better job more consistently with that. As Jerem mentioned, four games before Vegas. The men also have four games. The difference is three of their four are away. Yeah. Three of your last four are at home. What type of an opportunity do you think that presents to you guys looking to stay hot and be playing your best basketball heading into the tournament? Well, I, I think there's two things it does. Number one, is we have more time to prepare and look at some things that we need to work on because I have more time with my players at home than all the traveling time. Second part of it is they get a, they get a, get ahead of school and hopefully get themselves so that when we go to the tournament, they're not worried about a paper or worried about this or worried about they can get that all done. And then the, probably the third thing is, is, is injuries. You know, when you have the facilities that we have, to with treatment here I mean you can if somebody's got a little ache and pain you can take care of it really really better and so those things hopefully will help us but you know we got to win these games you can't say just they're home we're going to win you got to come out and be ready to play. Brenna Chase has emerged on your team we've talked a lot about uh, Cassie DeVashere yeah. And the, uh, you know, perfume that uh, that is. Yeah. Brenna Chase now, she's scored 46 the last two games combined. She's emerged in that backcourt. What's enabled her to uh, crank it up a notch? You know, I think there's a lot of what she's done so much better this year. She just seems to be playing with a lot more confidence. She's more aggressive. Um, Cassie gets the best defender every night on her. And so then the opposing team's got to make a decision. Do we put... Our second best defender on Brenner, or we put on Malia, and I think Malia causes some issues, so they can't put a smaller person on her. So they have to, they have to. But but Brenna has been, um, I mean, she's been a terror with how she can get to the basket, um, her transition baskets, and then her shooting, and she just seems to be more focused of looking to score. And next year. 
that's what her role is going to be a lot more. She's going to have to have the ball in her hands a lot more. But I'm real happy with her. The worst game she's played was probably Gonzaga home, and she knew it. She's the first one to come to me and say, Coach, I didn't play my game. I didn't. And I said, well, you need to learn from that. You need to learn what, what happened. Why did you get oversight for the game? What happened? But Brenna has really, really played well for us. And um, it's not surprising. That's how she's been practicing for all these years. And hope she keeps it up. We're a lot better team when she performs like it. We've got a lot of players that are playing well right now. So keeping in the theme of Valentine's Day, uh, what do you love about the way your team is playing right now? Well, I think Brenna, as you mentioned, has gotten a lot better. I think Sarah Hampson has come in and played an understanding of what's going on a lot better. I think everybody sees her potential. We've got to get her to score more next year and be more of a threat. Um, Paisley has come in and given us a lot of energy as a freshman. Um, I think Maria, you know, she's she's come in and played really well for us, and I think She's going to be a big part of our of our team next season, and hopefully this in this thing. And you know, those those are the ones that are playing the most. And Chalet is starting to play better too. I think she went through a little slump and went through some things. Now she's playing with a lot more confidence. So hopefully those those young players will will just keep getting better. And um, but you know, we haven't played well enough. I mean, we've lost five games, which we probably should have not lost at least three of them. You mentioned, and certainly I realize it's all about this year. It's not looking towards next year at all. But just when when you were answering that question, you mentioned, you know, Paisley Johnson, freshman, Brenna, sophomore. You mentioned Sarah Hampson, Maria Albiero. These are all players that are getting significant playing time now that are going to be on this team next year and for years to come. That has to be an exciting thing for you. Well, it's it's good to, it's good to have young kids where they where they prepare for the next season, but. Let me, you know, I'm going to miss three really good seniors yeah. that have been a big part of this program for so many years, and each one of them did something differently. I mean, Manna Weymouth, people don't realize how good of defender she is, great rebounder. She does all the dirty work on the on the team, and when that leaves, then who's going to do it? And then Malia has been a very versatile player. Her defense, her ball handling, she's taken – you know, where, where Connie did it last year, she's taken a lot of the pressure and helped us with that. And then you're lucky to coach a player like Cassie. You know, if you're lucky to have a couple of players like that, your your whole coaching career, I mean, what a versatile player. So it's going to be tough. But we do have some good young kids that are coming in and they've learned. Hopefully they've built a great foundation with the older kids helping them and telling them what's important. We're talking with Jeff Judkins, the women's basketball coach at BYU here on BYU Sports Nation. Saturday, everyone knows the men went to overtime in one dramatic fashion. You guys played a double OT game at San Francisco. They won by three. DeVagere plays all 50 minutes, yeah. 48 minutes for Brenna Chase. They combined for 50 in that one. How quickly do you flush that one you know, out and kind of recover? Because you played 10 extra minutes in that one. Well, yeah, it's... And we didn't have Malia. She fouled out, and then Paisley fouled out. So we end up really being short with players. You know, it was a great game. Both teams played very well. Um, we had a chance to win the game. They took a shot with about eight seconds and missed it, and Malia got the rebound and kind of got knocked off balance. And it was kind of a question call. They called traveling. 
But, you know, we had our chances, especially the second overtime. We got jumped up on them, and then we had a, a chance to go up six. We missed a layup, and then we foul them. And um, if they could change one rule, I would like to see them change that when you go in overtime, the foul count is raised. It's gone. And so maybe two fouls, you get bonus because they didn't score in the overtimes except for foul line. It's just because of foul. Because the bonus carries yeah, over. Yeah, the, bo- the bonus carries over. Yeah. And, you know, and for us, it's a little different in the men's game. It's five fouls, and then it's two shots, not one-on-one. You play quarters, not Yeah, half. and yeah. so I, I, that's something I hope that, that maybe the committee will really look at. Um, I don't know what the NBA does. I don't know if they – I think they go over time. I think they started over, if I remember. But I, I could be wrong, but – that's what I wish. But it was a great game, and um, we had our chances. We almost put it in the third overtime. Cassie had a really good look for the three to put it just just barely in and out. Well, Jeff, we wish you luck. Uh, two games on BYU TV, uh, tomorrow at 8 Eastern against Pepperdine, and then uh, Saturday coming up at uh, 2 Eastern against San Diego. Good luck. Thank you. Karma. And, the karma. Yeah, karma. And, the karma. And, and you guys are talking about the, the, the group. Yes. Okay, my You're group. a big fan of Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, my group. I don't even know who Nickelback is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my group is Led Zeppelin, and I think it shows it with. Between with, 200 and 300 million. I yeah, think you're not yeah. alone, Judy. Yeah. 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 So, thanks, guys. Sales dictate the credibility of, <laughs> likability of a group, okay? Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, guys. Coming up, tall people problems are real. Trent Playstead joins us in studio. To explain. Trent Playstead, one of the greatest dunks never seen, was by Trent Playstead. We'll talk about that. And BYU didn't lose to Notre Dame in 2012 and 13, suddenly. Riley Nelson joins us to celebrate the non-losses. Women's basketball hosts the Pepperdine Waves tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern at the Marriott Center. You can watch the game on BYU TV. Welcome back. Jerem and Jason in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV on this Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's basketball team plays at Pepperdine tomorrow night at 10 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio, pregame at 9 Eastern. Waves have beaten the Cougars four times in a row in Malibu. That's a crazy step. Kyle Collinsworth had six points and one rebound in 19 minutes of action last night for the Dallas Mavericks in a 114-109 loss to the Sacramento Kings. Men's volleyball's Brendan Sander receives another weekly award, this time from Volley Mob, an acceptable mob. Player of the Week, Sander and the Cougars play at Grand Canyon in Phoenix tomorrow night for the first time ever. BYU Women's Golf won second place yesterday at the Gold Rush behind top 20 finishes from Naomi Soifua, Kendra Dalton, and Rose Huang. Notre Dame has uh, not, they, they had to vacate 21 wins from 2012 to 2013. Correct. BYU played Notre Dame at Notre Dame because Notre Dame doesn't play in Provo anymore. Hopefully they will. Uh, there's still one coming, right? In 12 and 13, okay? Uh, those, were, those were two games. BYU felt like they could win. Those were close ones. The man who quarterbacked the Cougars in 2012 when Notre Dame was ranked fifth and BYU almost pulled off the upset. His name is Riley Nelson. He's now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Riley, congratulations on the non-loss <laughs> in 2012 to Notre Dame. What does this mean to you? You know, I can tell you it just means – so much of uh, really nothing. <laughs> it's like you know, it's like the old adage: the ties like kissing your sister." It kind of feels like that. It's a little, it's it's uh, some of the sting is gone, but at the same time, unfortunately, all the memories and pain of of uh, 
of having that game in our hands, leading for three quarters of the way, and then you know losing it down the stretch. I don't know if if this heals that at all. <laughs> Does it? I, I would I would imagine that there's probably. There's plays people will bring up to you. How often is the the pass to Cody Hoffman in that game brought up? Because if it is brought up a whole lot, you can say, "Hey, never even happened." Yeah, it's brought up. It's I mean, quite a bit, mostly by diehards. You know, the the casual fans have forgotten, and quite honestly, the casual fans were like looking back at it. They're like, "Wow, they were top five, and we were right there with them." and and all those close games, like, oh, yeah, great. Thanks for the reminder that that season, you know, similar to the one to Taysom senior year a couple of years ago, was just a string of losses by less than a field goal and one where he had every chance to win the game. But uh, that play still comes up by diehards. But uh, it was what it was. You know, I, I must admit, I take solace. I see that at least a couple times every year in the NFL where the same thing kind of happens. The receiver breaks one way, the quarterback has another idea, and they – and the ball falls incomplete in a big spot. So, given that seeing the pros do it, it doesn't hurt any less, but at least it's at least a little bit of misery loves company. Riley Nelson is on BYU Sports Nation. Boney Fuller had some fun with that uh, yesterday. Tweeted, "Great news! Turns out Riley Nelson actually hit Cody Hoffman in stride, and we won easily." Your reaction? <laughs> you know, it's I've explained this multiple times. It's a tough deal. It was a it was a scramble drill. He took off down the field. I saw him settling in in the zone. Um, their pass rush had been after us all night, and so I was a little bit jittery. So rather than clearing the pocket and taking some time to kind of verify, the second I had a window to throw, I let the ball uh, I let the ball fly where um, I assumed Cody would be. Cody, you know, as we had completed many times before and we did times after, that when I break the pocket, he get, he breaks deep and I throw it up to him, you know, did what we usually do. And, and uh, you know, it's 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 a great memory. I, I it's, it, Honestly, it's become one of those things that we were in there, a team that competed for the national championship this year. We had our shot, and unfortunately that one punch didn't land. There were other punches in that game that we did land, and they landed some good punches against us. And uh, we came out on the wrong end of that scorecard. But that's what happens when you go out and compete. And it's become one of those things where I was just grateful to have a shot to go play a good team in a high situation, in a uh, in a big time situation like that. Well, frankly, Notre Dame's excited that that season off, is off the books after that national championship game against Alabama. That's good. That's gone. <laughs> yeah, if I was them, I'd uh, be like, sweet. Exactly. People will. Uh, Try and sweep that under the rug as, as quick as possible. We we weren't the only team that had some close losses. You know, they almost lost to Boston College there. They kind of snuck their way back. I mean, obviously it was due to the fact that their guys weren't having to go to class and they were getting their homework submitted. You know, those guys rotated eight defensive linemen that just wore. We lost two offensive linemen, two starting offensive linemen in the course of that game. They were cycling eight through, so that pass rush was as relentless and fresh as possible. I don't know who those players were that were having their homework done for them, but uh, you know the D linemen aren't the most academically inclined of players out there. <laughs> so I bet even <laughs> I bet even if they were down to five or six, we have a better shot in that game and, and maybe get it done. But anyway, it's fun memories. Riley, we did want to ask you about uh, this upcoming season's uh, quarterback situation. The QB room's pretty packed right now. We've got Tanner Mangum, uh, Bo Hodge, Joe Critchlow, Cody Wilstead, uh, Zach Wilson, Stacey Connor, um, Jaron Hall will join the group coming up this fall. What's your overall take on having that many guys 
vying for the quarterback position. And I mean, just I know it's it's very early, but I mean, any leader in the clubhouse, in your opinion? So you guys, uh, maybe not for this year. When you sent me over that list, I counted eight quarterbacks. And who's the most famous one-time eight-string quarterback in all of BYU history? Steve, Steve Young. Young. Steve Young, right? So whoever's listed eight should, uh, even though they <laughs> might not get playing time this year, should be very encouraged about their future <laughs> if, the, if, the, if history repeats itself. But, no, I'm super excited. I spent some time with those two freshmen. I think, um, obviously, you got you know you got guys like Tanner and, um, and Bo and these guys that are not done. They've had a taste of what it's been to be the man, and they want that back, and they're hungry to reestablish themselves. But also spent some time on the. I was at the signing day event and spent some time with Zach and Stacy, and those guys are impressive guys. I think Stacy, um, man, just got a ton of potential, but he's kind of a bean pole. I don't know if his body's as ready. Zach's, you know, ready to compete right now, and they both have a bunch of uh, bunch of competitive fire uh, to come in. They're not gonna they're not gonna relinquish the job to anyone easily. So the guys at the top or the or the incumbents trying to seat them. And to be quite honest, you know. Taysom played a couple of games my senior year, and he was the heir apparent, and then Tanner was the heir apparent to Taysom. I like the uncertainty. It, was, it's, it reminds me similar to my experience when Jake came in and we were, there was a fierce battle that didn't only last that one season. It kind of played itself out over the next two seasons in trying to replace Max Hall. But I, being a part of that, that made me so much better of a player. It raised the, to me, it raised the level of expectation um, and the level of play of the quarterback position at BYU. And so while it's not the most pleasant thing to be involved in it as a player, it is the be- in my opinion, it's the best thing for each and every one of those quarterbacks, and it will ultimately raise the level of QB play uh, at BYU for this upcoming and the seasons to follow. Well, Riley, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on the non-losses uh, in 2012 <laughs> and 13, and uh, have a good Valentine's Day, dude. Thanks, fellas. Always enjoy your work, and you guys have a great Valentine's Day as well. Thanks, Riley. Thanks, Riley. That's Riley Nelson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Uh, I think the quote of the day thus far, besides uh, Heath Troyer liking Nickelback, uh, is Riley Nelson saying, defensive linemen aren't the most academically inclined. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, what? he can say that. He can say that. He can say that. <laughs> Coming up, we whip it with Kyle Collinsworth, Brendan Sander, and more. But next, Trent Playstead makes his triumphant debut in Studio B. Why are things so different in the West Coast Conference versus the Mountain West? He's got to answer that next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's Hoops is in beautiful Malibu tomorrow night to face Pepperdine, 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch the game on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Radio pregame starts at 9 Eastern. With you, Jason. Check it out tomorrow. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Valentine's Day. We have a rebroadcast if you missed the show at noon Eastern at 6 Eastern. Our question of the day, what would your Valentine's Day card to BYU Sports say? At Mailman Mark. Jason, I want you to read this one. Can we hit the music? Ooh. Dear BYU Sports, Sometimes I feel I've got to run away. I've got to get away from the pain that you drive into the heart of me. I give you all a boy could give you. Take my tears, and that's not nearly all. Call me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who sings that song, but it's a song from somebody. It's, uh, it's what, uh, Tainted what Love, it? right? 
Tainted love. Yeah. Well done. By, uh, and that's not nearly. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. By that Me one. singing is by not, not what Nickelback. For. Yeah. Our next guest is a man who uh, used to dominate the Mountain West. He's still around. He's been playing internationally. He's recently retired, and now he's in Studio B. His name's Trent Playset. What's up, Trent? What's up, guys? I'm happy to be here. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We were students at the same time. At BYU, you remember back Karen, in the day. By the way, no kidding. I w- you aged really well, much better than me. <laughs> much, much better than me. And you've sure. made more money than I have. <laughs> uh, you recently retired. You hung it up. Uh, so, why the decision to retire? And now, what are you doing? Well, you know, I I was in Japan to start the season, and I, at the preseason, I had a partially torn Achilles on my right side, and we were waiting for it to heal, and it just it just didn't get the job done. And we waited three months, and the team said, "Listen, Trent, we're struggling right now. We need to move on." And so they released me, and I came home, and um, I went and got checked out by actually uh, one of the BOU doctors, Dr. Rich, and it still had not healed. And and I was thankfully on a guaranteed contract in Japan. And so I'm actually getting paid from Japan up and through June, and I just figured it was, you know, what better time to transition into normal life when you have a little bit of a buffer. Sure. And so I made a decision at that time. I'm, I'm actually a loan officer now with First Colony Mortgage, so I do home loans. And so I'm uh, I'm getting started with that, and I'm full bore into it, and I'm just you know I'm trying to get my footing, and it's it's really exciting. I'm a little bit terrified because the real world is not my thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I'm excited about it too. Speaking of things that are exciting, we have been told that you have actually attended a Nickelback concert. Oh, I did. Let's okay. Let's discuss. And with, without yeah. shame, without shame, I attended it. When was this? Early two thousands. Listen, in their heyday, my brother went to college at Texas A and M, and I went up there and and helped him move into his apartment or out of his apartment. And as my reward, he took me to a Nickelback concert on campus in College Station. In College Station, <laughs> and I was there, and we were jamming out. And I was, I was proud of it. And listen, I had a good time. I mean, I'm not ashamed. I mean, I know that's kind of taboo now if you like Nickelback. But listen, everybody liked Nickelback then. Yes, they were, they but were like, a million albums, Trent. They've so, you don't were, sell that many if people don't like you. They were one of the top bands out at that time. Now it's like, I don't, I don't disagree on that. Yeah, but listen, it's like. When I was when I was in middle school, like if you admitted you liked NSYNC, you were right. Oh my god, we gosh. all liked NSYNC and yeah, Backstreet yeah. Boys, man. They <laughs> were right. awesome. Everybody liked them. You know what I mean? That was what Nickelback was like. Now, if you liked them, it was taboo. But listen, I'm I'm with Heath Schroyer on that one. <laughs> he just said it in 2018 without cracking a smile. That's my issue. Okay, uh, let's talk BYU hoops. So we're in we're in this new era, and I want to ask you a little later about kind of West Coast Conference versus Mountain West thing. But what do you what do you think about this year's team so far from what you've seen? Well, you know. What's unfortunate is I think a lot of fans, because their position is the same, disregard the improvements that they've made. I mean, I know from a, I'm a, like to think I'm a basketball guy, and I know a little bit more than your average basketball person, um, or not average fan, I should say. But uh, last year it was kind of hard to watch because they were so up and down. They didn't play a lot of defense, and, and watching this year, their style is just so much, what I would say, more pure. Like it, it, they respect the game more. And so I enjoy watching them. I enjoy watching them play. Now, obviously, the results are they're still in third place in the WCC, and I think that's got a lot of people a little bit upset. But I think if they continue on this trend, the results are going to be there at the end of the day. You know, maybe it's not going to be this year, but down the line. And they've, they've got a good team moving forward. In terms of competition and fit, what do you think is maybe the biggest difference from when BYU is in the Mountain West to now being in the West Coast Conference? Well, one of the things that's hard about the West Coast Conference is Gonzaga and St. Mary's have been at the top of that conference every year since it 
started. In the Mountain West, there was actually some parity. I mean, you'd have, I mean, BYU, we were pretty good for a stretch there, and but it kind of revolved a little bit. Like there was a while San Diego State was good and UNLV and Air Force. And so there weren't two teams every year that were at the top like that. And, and I think St. Mary's and Gonzaga, it's almost like in their DNA, like, listen, we're at the top of this thing. And not only is it in their DNA, it's in everybody else's DNA. Like, hey, listen, these two teams are at the top of this thing. And, and BYU has had to come in and try to unseat those two. And it hasn't really been successful to this point, but that's what they're working towards. And, and like I said, with the style changes they've made this year, I think they're, they're on the right track. Trent, it's really weird because in this league, I respect the heck out of Gonzaga. Right. But St. Mary's, for some reason, is like, no, nah, BYU should be on that level. Yeah. But, but in the Mountain West, it was, oh, we, we respect UNLV, Air Force, uh, New Mexico, Utah, San Diego. There was just more respect. In this league, it's like any loss to non-Gonzaga St. Mary's is just not tolerated. We never did this in the Mountain West. How do you feel about that dynamic? I mean, I agree with you, but at the same time, you're setting them up. I mean, like, if you put somebody in front of those teams that often, they're probably going to lose. I mean, I, I know people will say, well, well, St. Mary's and Gonzaga don't lose to those teams. And you know what? They're right. But, but you know, it's just hard. I mean, BYU plays in the Marriott Center. It's 20,000 people, and they sell out. I mean, they sell 15,000 seats a game. You go from that to Loyola Marymount where there's, what, there's like a thousand people in the stand. That's a hard transition for college kids to do, and and it's you know I, I don't I don't want to try to offer too many excuses for them. I mean I'm I'm obviously an advocate for the players and the coaches of the basketball team, but and Nickelback and and Nickelback, you know, hopefully that doesn't ruin my credibility. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's a hard transition, and and the thing about the Mountain West is it was a great when I was in the Mountain West. I think and those are like the, the glory years of the Mountain West. But if you look at the Mountain West today. Compared to the WCC, I don't. I think it's at, at wash, if not the WC is a better conference. Yeah, oh, for sure. And right now you have two top 15 teams in yeah. the league, and yeah. Gonzaga carries the banner. I think when BYU got into the league, we thought, and, and Jimmer kind of, uh, in a way, helped and ruined this. He's done that for a lot of things. <laughs> because, I mean, I've talked to so many people, and they say, oh, man, ever since Jimmer left, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it hasn't been the same for me, and... I understand. I mean, that guy. We had was, a good time, man, when he was here. I mean, was he great. was the rock star of all rock stars, and he still is. You know, he's just doing it in China, mm-hmm. and and I and I love the guy, and but I understand that, and so there's somewhat of a, a lapse in that way. But I mean, if you if you're comparing things to the Jimmer time, I mean, you're going to be looking, you're going to be wanting in, in a lot of ways. We've had two Sweet Sixteens yeah. in like thirty something. Yeah, years. yeah, it's yeah. still from from back when you played in that group of players. Who who are you still? in contact with do you, do you still did you have kind of like your favorite teammate that you're still in contact with well the guy i'm closest to without a doubt is lee kamard i mean me and him were we we talked to each other off the ledge over in europe on numerous occasions <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah he he's my guy and he, he's one of my best friends and probably always will be um he's a, he's a great person but i mean i loved all my teammates you know it's kind of been fun to be home and like i've i've recently got on twitter i'm a tweeter now i've got a massive following of 320 <laughs> That will grow today. And, uh, and I've reconnected with some of my teammates. Like, I heard from Derek Dawes the other day. I heard from Jimmy Ballerson. I've heard from Sam Burgess. You know, these are guys that I loved, you know, but obviously I was across the pond and they were here. And, and that's why me and Lee have remained so close is because we were going through similar experiences. And so, uh, but yeah, if I was to single out one, it would definitely be Lee. 
Lee does. Uh, I, I think he needs to wear a jersey on the bench. Though. The suit, it's just, it doesn't look like Lee. <laughs> well, well, no. The one thing I think he does need to change is he wears that big old tie that takes up half. He needs to convert. He, skinny played, tie? he played for year, in Europe for six years. I'm really surprised that he didn't pull out those European tie. ties? He wears that big, massive kite. You know what I mean? He's got <laughs> going, to, <laughs> going down the front of his shirt. Yeah. Well, Trent, you realize you're going to hear from Lee after. Yeah, oh, I know I will. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. That was a shot on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> well, Trent, great to catch up with you. Great to hear from you and uh, appreciate the insight, man. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. What's your Twitter handle so people can follow you? Oh, it's tplaced44, I think. Okay, tplaced44. Check him out on Twitter. Trent Placed back in the house. Always good to have uh, the former guys. Coming up, Brendan Sander garners his third player of the week award. Is that your favorite verb, garner? Maybe. What do you like more, nickelback or the word garner? Nickelback Garner's Award. Okay, yeah. Nice nice uh, Heisman there. Plus your Valentine's Day cards to BYU Sports. Cue the piano. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's Valentine's Day guests, Jeff Judkins, Riley Nelson, and Trent Playstead. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up later this week, Greg Rubel and Jackson Emery, plus Spencer Linton from the road. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Hoops at Pepperdine tomorrow night. You can watch the game on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio 10 Eastern time is the tip-off. Radio pregame will start at 9 Eastern. Volleyball. Brendan Sander named Volley Mob Player of the Week. Sander was also the MPSF Offensive Player of the Week and the National Off-the-Block Attacker of the Week. Cougars in the Association. Mr. Triple-Double himself, Kyle Collinsworth. Six points, one rebound in 19 minutes of action in a Mavericks loss to the Kings last night. Soccer. Ashley Hatch, one of 26 players invited to the U.S. Women's National Team training camp on February 19th. Golf. The women's team won second place yesterday at the Gold Rush behind top 20 finishes from Naomi Soifua, Kendra Dalton, and Rose Huang. Swimming and diving. Cougars begin competition today at the MPSF Championships. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets it, Jason? Is this too cheesy or sappy to give wife? it to? No, to oh. say your significant other. Sure. I think that's, I think that's appropriate on a day like today, right? Indeed. Aww. Indeed. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Speaking of. That cannot be your gift to your wife, by the way. Dang it. A question of the That'd be cheaper. <laughs> a question of the day. What would your Valentine's Day card to BYU Sports say? At one bald Cairo doc. Can we hear the music? Thank you. Two basketball. Will you be my big dance, Valentine, <laughs> to football? Will you be my bowling, Valentine? And to the rest of BYU Sports, will you continue to be my blue goggle, Valentine? This is 30 for 30 on ESPN. Oh, wrong thing. I like this one because it rhymes. And <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Keep the music rhyme. going. Here we go. At B-Royal Blue Coog, roses are red, violets are blue, but roses have thorns and often hurt you. So this Valentine's, I promise to you that all of my gifts will be repping the blue. These are good. Is, is B-Royal Blue Coop Dr. Seuss? Because I would buy this book. You would buy that? Why wouldn't you? Pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Just put it in a kid's book, and then you can charge eight bucks. Yeah. Uh, continue to use hashtag BYUSN. Send in your uh, tweets and Instagrams and reactions. What would your Valentine's Day card to BYU be? The elite tweet of the day is from at Shay Lauren C. 
Dear BYU Sports, I lavelle a you. That's good. <laughs> That's really good. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I'm, I'm all, the cheese factor's great. Love it. The cheese factor. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. cheesy, and I like it. Who doesn't like a little bit of cheese? Mm. Like when you go to uh, a certain Italian establishment uh, where your family, uh, do you get cheese or no cheese on the uh, salad? Oh, um, it depends on what it is. Uh, like what salad, kind of cheese? Well, no, what are you talking no, about? No, because they offer it for say soups and salads. Yes, uh, salad. Yes, you say no to soup. The... No, no cheese on the soup. No. Mm-mm. Too stringy for you? Uh, just, uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah. BYU's playing Pepperdine tomorrow. Yes. We'll discuss this more tomorrow with Greg Rubel. But BYU's lost four in a row there. Which is just crazy. Four in a row! This is the worst team that BYU's played, though, of the, of the last several years. But now Marty Wilson is fired. Will they win. rally? I'm just, really interested to see if there's an impact. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I can certainly see... I mean, that that could be an issue. I, I just don't think it's going to play into whether BYU wins or loses. BYU should win this game. I understand the four losses. We have thought that four games in a row there, which is crazy. BYU right? beat this team by 20. They've got one conference win. Cameron BYU's, Edwards is back. He did I, not I get play it. in Provo against I the Cougs. I get it. I get it. BYU is going to win this game in Malibu. They should win this yes, game. Yes, they're going to win this but game. But we never see it coming. As long as you don't, don't say 17-plus, everything's going to be fine. I ain't Listen. I ain't saying 17-plus tomorrow about that one, okay? <laughs> at Pepperdine, that one's not live on BYU TV, by the way. Spencer Linton, Blake yes. Fowler on the call. We're not jealous at all. Mm. We have so many other things to do and say uh, <laughs> we're not bugged at all. That he's going to follow up a trip to Malibu with San Diego? With San Diego. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend for you. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand, BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I'm Jam. Shout out to Brian Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Have a great Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day to all.